Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I wish I could say that today we're going to talk about all kinds of great investment opportunities, that the all clear sign is ready for the market, but that's not the case. I don't feel it, and the guest I'm bringing on today doesn't feel it. And the thing that we've been talking about and guiding us all along isn't saying it either. And that's the Dow Theory. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Searching for a bottom. We're not there yet. What it could potentially look like. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Gaines. All right, we're going to bring on one of our go-to guests. Just been invaluable over the last six to eight months. Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter in Hammond. He's also author of the book, Winning with the Dow's Losers. Chuck, great to have you on the Gaines Podcast. How you doing? Good, Andy. Thanks for having me back. It's always fun. Yeah, it's always a good time. Now, I, I, I'm sure that a lot of the Gaines listeners would love us to come on here and be like, yeah, it's time to nibble again. We're, we're, we're going to give you some ideas. And, and that's just not the case. And as much as I'd love to talk about buying stocks and crypto and all the things that we've talked about in the past it's it's actually long past it seems now um but we're not there yet the dow theory's not there yet and um i i guess to open up the conversation chuck let's just start with the dow theory and in a real quick boiled down way most of the gains listeners are familiar the dow theory is bearish right now you know, it's not indicating a great time to buy stocks in a in a boiled down way. Explain that to those who are not familiar with the Dow theory, why that is. Sure. The Dow theory looks at the movement of the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the Dow Jones Transportation Average. And from the movements of those two indices, determines whether the market's primary trend, the trend that typically lasts at a minimum, usually 8 to 12 months and sometimes longer, whether that primary trend is, is bullish or bearish. Right now, the Dow theory is in a bear market condition. And the reason for that is we've had continued lower lows in both the Dow Jones Industrial Average and Dow Jones Transportation Average. Uh, the, the Dow theory turned bearish, actually, Andy, over four months ago on February 26th. 
So it, it, it gave a fair amount of warning and, and certainly was a um, giving off a, a pretty significant signal prior to, you know, the, the, the market really kind of falling apart. So it is still in a bear market signal. Some things have to happen in order to that change from, from bearish to bullish, and we can talk about that. Yeah, um, and, and again, as we're starting here, I just uh, want to get these levels down on the paper um, for the GAINS listeners, and we're just going to recap those levels real quick. Chuck mentioned that the Dow theory turned bearish in, on, in, in February, and it's continually continued to drop since then. In fact, you often say, it just got to stop going down. <laughs> the market's just got to stop going down. So our current levels on the downside were both posted on uh, the 17th of this month. Closing numbers, that is. And so let's start there. As you explained just at the onset here, we look at the industrials and the transports and and a note, those are always closing levels. But um, the Dow Industrial Low that was put on the 17th is 29,888.78. The Dow Transport Low put on the same day, closing price, 12,868.60. So those are the two key levels to the downside that we're watching, and uh, obviously because the Dow theory's turned, and and we haven't, there is no top side to those. So we're focusing on those lows and what the market does off of those. So just go ahead and continue, uh, Chuck. Yeah, you laid it up quite nicely, Andy. I mean, the first step in any kind of a trend change is that you need to have a market stop going down, and the way you measure that or look at that is how does a market respond when it gets to previous low points? Does it hold those low points? Uh, and does it cut through them? And again, we're talking about closes. And and really, that has been one of the, the characteristics, unfortunately, of this market so far this year is that anytime it is what we call retested or come back down to previous significant low points, it has not been able to hold them and has continued to cut through them, both the Dow Industrials and Dow Transports. Um, you know, thus reconfirming the bearish trend. So, you mentioned that you know the the most recent low points of this decline were those June 17th lows, and I'll repeat those again for the Dow Industrials. It was 29,888.78. That's 29,888.78, and for the Dow Transportation, it was 12,868.6. Zero twelve thousand eight hundred sixty-eight point six zero. Again, those are the June seventeenth closes. So, on a very very short-term basis here, what you know, if if you are hoping for a market that is bottoming, um, you'd like to see you know the averages at least one of those averages hold those lows and not both the averages kind of cut through them. Um, now we typically kind of let the market tell the story, but you know, if you held a gun to my head, Andy, and said, "What do you think is going to happen here?" My guess is. We will probably cut through those those lows and make lower lows here. I just I don't think the market is washed out enough. Uh, I think that we just haven't had enough of a of a bear market. Um, and uh, while you know it's possible that those lows might hold, my my gut tells me that they probably will not here. 
my gut as well. And then when you look at other things in the market, it just doesn't even feel close to a bottom. Uh, there's just not the, you know, they always say throw the baby out with the bathwater, um, you know, where everybody just gets washed out and they throw in the towel. That's generally what a bottom looks like. But explain what that washout will will typically look like. And, uh, and again, you mentioned that we'll probably go down and retest those levels on the downside for the both the industrials and transports that we talked about. But um, yeah, explain that washout and what that's you know what that typically looks like. Yeah, and again, those things are not always the easiest thing to kind of quote measure or put kind of a quantitative uh, point on it um, because you're you're looking at as much as anything trying to measure sentiment and, and uh, just investor despair, so to speak. I mean, because ultimately, you know, the it 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 kind of that that apex of pain, that apex of of despair is generally when you start to see markets bottoming. It's when everybody hates stocks basically and fears them um, and is out, you know, and gets out of the market. And what one of the tools that, you know, so there are certain things you kind of look for to try to get a measure of that. Um, You know, I mentioned one already. It's, you know, are they holding previous lows? The second one to take a look at is, you know, how is the market responding to bad news, you know, does it continually go down on every bit of bad news? And we're going to get bad news coming up here over the next, you know, over the next month. Um, it's just the nature of the game. The market is forward-looking. So, in fact, you know, a market that is fully discounting future bad news doesn't go down aggressively on on bad news. So, how will the market respond to that bad news? You know, the last significant chunk of bad news we got was the May inflation report and. Uh, the market went down, you know, the Dow went down 800 and almost 880 points in that day when that was reported. So that certainly wasn't holding up on bad news. So that is something else to look at. You know, do we get a really ugly inflation report and the market holds up and even goes up? That's the kind of, you know, green shoots of a bottom. And then finally, you know, one of the tools that we like to look at to give us some idea of just the popularity of stocks is, and I've mentioned this before on your show, it's kind of, uh, we call it the, the, uh, we call it an intermediate potential risk indicator, and basically what it looks at is the percentage of stocks on the New York Stock Exchange that are trading above their 200-day moving average. And the, the the thinking behind this is that when you have lots and lots and lots of stocks trading above that 200-day moving average, stocks are pretty popular, and you would expect some regression to the mean or reversion to the mean, pulling them back to that 200-day moving average kind of an equilibrium level. Conversely, when you have very few stocks, and I'll quantify what very few means here in a moment, but when you have very few stocks that are trading above their 200-day moving average, that means stocks are really out of favor, and at some point you would expect some reversion of the mean to carry the market back up toward those equilibrium levels. So, you know, what's very, what's, what's very low? Well, to give you an idea, in the 2008-2009 uh, market bear market and in the 2020 abbreviated bear market nevertheless pretty ugly but short that percentage got as low as about one to two percent in other words you know at, at the at the bottom you were looking at uh, you know 98 to 99 percent of the stocks on the New York Stock Exchange were trading below their 200-day moving average I mean that stocks were way 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 out of favor and that was a pretty good reading 
Um, right now, you know, going into today, we were in that, that upper teens, low 20s. I believe we were around 21%. Um, two weeks ago when the market was really selling off, we got as low as I saw, about 16%. That's pretty low. Um, right. You know, historically speaking, when you compare that to, you know, we've been tracking this since going back to, I believe, 1989. That, that's a low percent. But there's still a, a pretty good chunk of room there between one and two percent and sixteen percent. So do I does it need to go down all the way to one or two percent? No. Um, can investors maybe start to put money into the market even if it gets down into you know the high single digits, low teens? Yeah, that's probably you know you may not be hitting the bottom, but you know you're 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 getting stocks way way when they're way unpopular. But, you know, for for a, a real bottom here, I, I think you're probably going to need that percentage to get a bit lower, somewhere around 10%, I would say, maybe a tad lower. And, and you know, I'm hearing from a lot of investors, hey, are, have we hit the bottom yet? Are we ready to get back in? Are we ready to get back in? Uh, you know, I, I think that we've seen the sell-off. And that anxiousness to get back in from so many people makes me think it's really not the time to get back in. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that, that you, that's, you know, when you still have hope springing eternal, <laughs> that, that, that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, when everybody hates stocks and, and, you know, typically that notion of getting back in is replaced by, I got to get the heck out. And uh, unfortunately, you know, too many people um, get out at precisely the wrong time, but they, they kind of get out at that, again, that, that, that that highest level of pain and they can't take it anymore so they get out but that oftentimes that's the bottom i i tend to look for bottoms more when people are um you know and it's all anecdotal but when you see more more people calling or saying boy you know i i gotta get out of this market get me out of the market versus okay it's time to be buying now so i i that, that that's that's one of the reasons, too, I still think we have a little bit more to go on the downside. Another interesting thing is I, I recently heard a stat that over the past hundred years, a bulk of the biggest up days have been part of a larger bear market. And I find that really, really interesting. And I wanted you to speak to that real quick. Yeah, no, and and if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. I mean, during during bull market runs, you have these pretty sharp corrections that occur, or pretty sharp pullbacks. They tend to be brief in their duration, but they tend to be violent, and they tend to kind of scare the heck out of you. That's how you restore value to the market and kind of take some of the speculative froth off and actually kind of give legs to bull markets. I mean, bull markets that don't have periodic pullbacks um, are probably not bull markets that are going to be sustained over a multi-year period. So just as in a bull market you get significant downdrafts, so too during bear markets you get significant updrafts. And these updrafts can tend to be fairly short, but they tend to be pretty violent. Um, and what they do, quite frankly, is kind of you know, bring hope back into the picture, um, you know, setting up for the next downdraft. So uh, that doesn't surprise me. The, the other thing that happens, too, is, you know, keep in mind during bear markets and, and oftentimes extended bear markets, you have folks that are playing the short side of that market. So uh, anytime you get, you know, like last week, you get an aggressive rally occurring, 
that will kind of feed on itself because there'll, there'll be an opportunity for these folks that are, that are short the market that have made money shorting saying, well, okay, I'm going to cover and then I'm going to put the short back on at a higher price. So that short covering alone helps drive the price higher on a very short-term basis. So, you know, yeah, and explain it, that. Explain that real quick uh, for those, you know, because that's another key factor here. When stocks are shorted, at some point you have to buy it back and that's covering. So explain that real quick because that's that is often why you'll get these these big pops because it, it and, and it might not be true buying per se because people believe in in these companies and these stocks. It's just they're basically taking profit. It's they're you know they're covering and explain that real quick, Chuck. All right. So so what a short sale is is basically you're selling an investment that you don't own. And so, and you're selling it because you are selling it, you're getting the proceeds, and then you're hoping to buy it back at a lower price and you pocket the difference. So basically, you know, an, an example would be if you, you're going to sell short XYZ stock at $100, you're betting that stock's going to go down. If it, so you're, you're selling, you're getting the proceeds of $100 per share. And then hopefully you're going to buy that back. And let's say the stock falls to 70. You can buy it back at 70, what's called covering your position. And then you've made the difference. You, you got proceeds, $100 per share. And when you bought it back, you only spent $70 and you made 30 bucks per share. So that, in essence, is what short selling is. But as, as you mentioned, Danny, at some point, all short sellers need to cover their position because they need to buy back something that they sold that they didn't own in the first place. And so what will happen is if you think about short selling, if you sell something, there's a, a limited amount you can capture on the downside, i.e. it's the, the entire price of the stock. But in theory, there's an unlimited amount of risk on the upside because a stock could go higher forever. There is no cap. So whenever you get markets where you start to see rallies or aggressive rallies, short sellers to either to protect their profits or to limit their losses um, have to come in and buy the buy the stock and that buying power alone can help drive stock prices higher so you know you get into these situations where you know you get these robust rallies and you get short short people coming in and buying the stocks to cover their positions um, and, and invariably, a lot of the short selling these days isn't even done in individual stocks. It's done, a lot of it is done on ETFs. So, you know, when a, uh, an investor is covering their position in an ETF, they're actually buying a basket of stocks. So you, there's an impact on not just one stock, but on all the stocks in that particular basket. So that, that's going on. And, and the other thing, too, is, as you mentioned, in these sorts of markets, you know, everybody always thinks of volatility in terms of downside volatility. But volatility works both ways too. You have upside volatility and downside volatility. And when you're in markets like this, it generally are volatile markets, um, you get these explosive moves to the upside as well as the, the explosive moves to the downside. So yeah, your statistic doesn't surprise me any, just thinking back over um, you know, last bear markets, the, the, the 2008, 2009 comes to mind. I mean, there were some crazy up days in that market, even though net netted out, it was a horrible market to the downside, but you know, you get, you get these oversold positions, you get traders coming in trying to take advantage of the, of the oversold for, to get some ticks on the upside. Then they cover their positions. 
um, if they were short, and you get this type of volatility. So that doesn't surprise me, and that's a good stat. It's, it's something for people to be aware, particularly during bear markets, just don't necessarily get trapped into thinking that you know a, a, a rally like we had last week is going to be the beginning of a bull market. It could be, but I think the chances are are, are, are not great that it is the beginning, and, and you know today's action um, kind of points to that. All right, we're going to hit uh, Chuck up with uh, a couple picks from his UpsideStocks.com site. But we're going to take a break real quick. We'll also talk about plays. Uh, Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new gains episode drops. We drop gains episodes on Wednesday and Friday mornings. We'll be right back with Chuck Carlson after the break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, back with Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. Chuck is also author of the book Winning with the Dow's Losers. And uh, as I was going into break, I was kind of plugging uh, UpsideStocks.com. Tell the Gaines listeners why they got to check UpsideStocks.com and maybe give us an Upside Stock uh, pick, if you sure. wouldn't mind. Sure. Upside, uh, UpsideStocks.com is the website for our newsletter, Upside. Upside focuses on smaller companies, small cap stocks and, and some mid cap stocks sprinkled in there. But it's it's kind of that uh, area of the market that's not real focused on by a lot of uh, analysts and, and research entities. And, uh, you know, we've been publishing that newsletter for years, and, and I think it's, it's my bias, but I think it's a pretty good newsletter, especially in that space for providing ideas on companies that are certainly not household names, but we hope to be one day household names, kind of these you know, we, we call them kind of light blue chips, you know, where these are solid companies. They have good track records. We focus on quality in that space. Um, they're making money. 
they have real businesses, et cetera, and um, uh, we'd like to highlight those for our readers. So that's UpsideStocks.com, and you can get a free 30-day trial subscription at the website. Uh, to give you a couple of names in, in Upside Stocks right now that we like, um, one is uh, Wesco International. The symbol is WCC. Uh, Wesco International uh, is involved in uh, kind of the infrastructure. They, they do telecommunications infrastructure, uh, utility, uh, energy. So, so it's kind of a, a way to kind of play what will probably be, you know, expenditures on building out and improving the infrastructure in, in, in our country, especially the telecom infrastructure. Uh, second stock I'll mention is a regional bank. Uh, banks haven't exactly been the sweet spot in this market, which is a little odd because uh, you would think as interest rates rise, a company's net interest margin, basically the difference between the interest they have to pay deposits versus the interest that they'll get on loans widens, and that's a big profit generator for banks. That's improving, but I think Wall Street's concerned that, you know, we're going to go into a serious recession that can impact, uh, you know, quality, uh, credit quality, impact loan demand and things like that. But I do believe uh, service-first bank shares, symbol is SFBS, Sam, Frank, Betty, Sam, SFBS, um, is a real nice way to play the regional bank area. It's a bank. It's based in uh, Alabama, and they have branches throughout the southeast, north and south Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, uh, you know, uh, one of the fastest growing uh, population regions in the United States. Uh, it, about 30, I believe about 38, 39 percent of their loans are variable rate loans. So rising rates, they can adjust those loans. Um, they also have a significant share of uh, no interest uh, demand deposits. Uh, it's a nice bank, and it's uh, it's not one that's on a lot of investors' radar. Um, and uh, we think it's one that can do well in, in, as the banks improve. That service-first bank share symbol is SFBS. And again, those are two picks off the UpsideStocks.com list. And again, the ticker's WCC. W, cat, cat, and the other one, the bank, SFBS, Sam, Frank, Betty, Sam. All right, you know, as I, I started the conversation today, talking about how a lot of people, hey, let's let's get back in. I'm sure the Gaines listeners want more picks and, and, and to talk about, you know, opportunities, but we both see the market and the Dow Theory uh, sees the market still potentially heading lower, retesting those lows, maybe even breaking through. So how do you play this all? Um, I mean, what's the play here? You know, what's your advice for investors, even the gains listeners who who like to trade and get in on the action? Well, I I think some of it, a lot of it really, Andy, depends on how, how do you view yourself Excuse me, as an investor or a trader? If you're I'm a, a degenerate, trader, by the way. I'm a degenerate. Go ahead. <laughs> if you're a trader, then, you know, these are markets that are going to present, you know, a lot of trading opportunities, both on the upside or the downside. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you're somebody looking more toward the, the long term, then I think it really depends on what's your allocation, investment allocation and your age and how much time do you have on your side. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the most powerful investment tool 
and anybody has at their disposal is how well they harness the power of time because time really is the biggest um, plus that any investor has for their investment portfolio. So, you know, if you're somebody, you know, listening who's in their, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, and you've got, you know, 20, 30 years or more of investing, you know, your your mindset's going to be a little bit different. You shouldn't be necessarily so much like, oh, my gosh, I just lost $2,000 in my 401k. Your plan should be, listen, what are great companies that are now selling at, you know, down at levels that are down 20, 30, 40, 50%? And is it the bottom? You know, I don't know. Chuck doesn't know. Andy doesn't know. But, you know, these are really top-notch, well-financed companies. And, you know, start to nibble on them. I'm not saying back up the truck and dump out everything. But, you know, at some point, especially, especially if you're somebody who is way, way underweighted in equities right now. You know, if if, if you've got, you know, 0% exposure in equities and you're waiting to to plunge in at the exact bottom, then that's, that's not really a, a, a great tactic, I think, especially if you have zero percent in equity, you know, you can start, you can start to buy here, quite frankly, you don't necessarily have to get crazy, you can implement a, you know, a disciplined dollar cost averaging program that says I'm going to put X amount of dollars into the market here each month. And, and, and do that over the next 12 months, you know, come up with some way, but, you know, if you have very little exposure to the market, and you're somebody who's young, you need to get into it now. Now, if you're somebody in your 60s, you already have a healthy exposure to stocks, and you probably do have the luxury of maybe being patient in here, seeing if those lows, previous lows hold, and and maybe you know waiting till you get better confirmation of a bottom, and you know quite frankly better confirmation on the Dow theory, where the Dow theory's turned from bearish to bullish. So, um, and it's an know, important thing to mention. Also, I just want to get this in here real quick. By no means are you an you know all in all out type of shop, and um, you know, the, the fun stuff, if you want to trade and short or go long or, or, or stock pick with fun money, I always call it sports book money, roulette money, casino money, you know, you could do that. But for the long-term investor, you're certainly not an all or nothing. And, and that's really just a dangerous thing when you're talking, you know, your overall portfolio. I don't want you to hit on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, right now, for example, you know, if we if we have the ability to be 100% invested or near 100% invested for a client in stocks, you know, we're running at you know 73 to 79% invested. So, you know, we still get a healthy healthy chunk in the market, but we also do have some some you know dry powder that we can use to buy stocks here when we feel that individual stocks are are, are you know the stock is going to offer compelling value or the the primary trend changes from bearish to bullish but but yeah here we are the bear market you know down there is saying it's a bear market signal but you know we're not zero percent equity and, and and the reason for that or there's a couple but big one reason is you know no tool is foolproof and you know the Dow theory could be wrong we could be wrong and and you know if if you're wrong and you're out of the market and the market takes off you know that is that's that's much more crippling than kind of riding through a bear market and coming out the other side because and, you know you're you're not going to get back in. Um, and we've and, heard and that tale. I mean, we saw that tale firsthand of people who've gotten out before the market takes off, and then before they know it, they've missed the boat, and you know the market's not going to be back at that level ever. 
Yeah, and, and the longer you kind of miss the boat, the more dug in you get of staying staying on shore because it's like, oh, I missed it, but I'm going to wait till it comes back. And then when it doesn't come back, it keeps going higher. Well, I'm really going to wait till it comes back. And then consequently, you never get back in or you never get back in with any kind of, of, of you know, girth or, or volume. And, and then you might end up missing rhythm. out 10 years of gains. I mean, literally, we've seen oh, markets yeah. turn around, you know, even back in the 80s and – you know, you didn't really have any kind of meaningful the, – the boat left, and it never came back. And, and some of those lows that people had an opportunity to buy, it never even ever came close, even when there were further pullbacks later on. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've talked to people that are still kind of only limped into the market from, you know, 2008, 2009, where they – shoot, they may have made a great call to get out, um, but then they just, you know, they didn't get back in. And so – you know, congratulations! You missed some pain in 2008, 2009, but you missed you missed a lot of gain potential in the next 13, 14 years. So, uh, you know that that's that's why you don't you know you, it, it's not let's just completely get out of the market and then we're all going to be smart enough to pick the bottom um, because you, you, psychologically things really work against you when you you're sitting with a ton of cash. And you got to get that cash back into the market. You, it's, you're just going to be very reluctant to do it in a big way. You just you just are. And so, you know, what we try to do is, um, you know, make changes, adjustments um, at the margin, have some cash ready. And, and again, you know, while the cash can provide a bit of a cushion during the downside, I mean, the bigger reason, quite frankly, is to give you some fodder to go buy this stuff um, uh, on on price decline. So. Now, that's kind of how we feel it, it should be positioned, and I think that is quote the play, Andy, right now, given the way the market is. If if you got a, a you know a, a big exposure to the market, um, you know you, you know you may, if and, and you want to raise some cash, go ahead and you know do some trimming. Um, everybody has some weak sisters in their portfolio. I don't care who you are. Y'all know, y'all know who they are. You you wonder sometimes why they're in there in the first place. You're not sure how they got in there in the first place. You probably are sitting with a loss, and you're reluctant to take a loss. Sell them. Um, you know, build some cash, and then you're going to have that to go buy some stuff that's a lot better for you. And as we wrap up today's Gains podcast, any final sage-like advice um, uh, for the Gains listener? Um, no, you know, other other than you know, don't. These things we've gotten a little bit spoiled by the, the 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 well the the bear market that happened in 2020, which was basically about a month or two, and you know thinking that all bear markets tend to be short. Now there has certainly been time compression in the markets in the the 40 years that I've been watching them. Things that typically would take months now take weeks, and things that would typically take weeks take days. So you know, are we in for a you know a 36 month, 48 month bear market? My guess is we aren't. We could. Um, but my guess is we aren't, but I don't believe we're in for a five-month bear market either. So, you know, this is going to take some time to unwind. Um, and, you know, and we may, even after you hit bottom, you know, you can have a market that sloshes around bottom for, for several months. So, you know, just don't don't be frustrated. Know that, you know, stocks are still a good, you know, perhaps the best place to build long-term wealth. And, and don't be disengaged by the process and that's something that's very easy to do when stocks are ugly you don't want to look at your statements you just don't want to do anything you know stay engaged and th this is when 
you ultimately will make your money over the long term. And just kind of keep that in mind. Always great advice from Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. He's also author of Winning with the Dow's Losers. And real quick, give us that website that you just gave us a couple picks from, WCC and SFBS. Yeah, go check it out. It's UpsideStocks.com, UpsideStocks.com. All right, we'll be sure to talk to you again soon, Chuck. Be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I've been told that's podcast gold. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We are back on Friday morning, and I look forward to talking to you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.